Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker, Heather Wibbles, the managing director of Bourbon Women. So if you've missed part one, go ahead and belly back up to that bar and give it a listen first. We will save a seat right here for you. So Heather, in part one, um, you shared what Bourbon Women is and some of what it, it means to be the managing director. Um, but right now, you know what I'd really love to do is dive into your cocktail book. Can you uh, please tell us what we might find within the pages of, uh, I, and I have to tell you this, I love this title, Bourbon is My Comfort Food, The Bourbon Women Guide to Fantastic Cocktails at Home. I love that. I know, isn't it great? And it is a comfort food. Uh, and, and it's not just a comfort food to me. I think for a lot of people who are bourbon lovers, that title kind of appeals to them because at the end of the long day, you know, it's very likely that we're pouring ourselves Glencairn of bourbon or a cocktail um, to sip on at the end of the day. So the book is really came out of me winning that cocktail contest for three years in a row. I started doing um, cocktail content creation for bourbon women and then started working with other brands. And when the pandemic hit, um, I thought, well, I can't do my other job at the time was shut down. And I thought, well, I can't do that. Um, I'll just learn how to create and write and photograph uh, cocktails and put them on the internet. Um, I just didn't something really a little like that. Just something, you know, no big deal. I didn't realize it was one of the most difficult types of photography to learn because you have ice, which is reflective. You have glass, which is reflective. You have liquid, which is reflective. You've got light bouncing all over the place. Um, but to me, it's kind of fun to learn things that are tricky and difficult and challenging. So that's where I started with putting together all of these cocktails. And at about the 10th anniversary of Bourbon Women, which was going to be in um, 2021, <laughs> uh, at our 10th anniversary, we wanted to do something special. So um, two uh, people who are in the organization, Peggy No Stevens, our founder, and Susan Riegler, who was president for a long time, is a longtime bourbon authority, huge spirits writer, um, they said, we think you should write a book, Heather, um, with all your cocktails in it. And so I did what you do when Peggy and Susan tell you you should do something. I say, yes, sure, exactly. I will do that right away, having no idea what it's going to entail. Um, and so I put the book together. Um, but I, what I didn't want was just a book that was just a list of bourbon cocktails. To me, that's, that's not very exciting. There's a lot of those. So what I tried to do was develop ways in what I call cocktail labs in the book um, which are little experiments to do to help you develop your palate. So, for example, the chapter on old fashions really talks to you about how to use different bitters in an old fashioned and what the bitters add to the flavors, how to match the bitters to the inherent flavors in the actual bourbon or the whiskey, you know, how to pull something out of the flavor when the nose might be really well developed, but you don't really taste it as much. Sometimes you can use bitters for that. So it's really about helping you discover your own cocktail and bourbon palette and using that to create your own bourbon cocktails. That's awesome. That's a lot of what you do as well. I mean, you help everyone understand the differences of the products that they're using and how things come together. That's awesome. So what Heather's not telling you is that she has access to so much good whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so what gets so what gets allocated to your state and like and her friends in in like where do you say we're in Arizona? 
Her friends in Arizona, like their life sucks because they do not get that much whiskey. The furthest <laughs> well, you get from Kentucky. No, 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 it's no. Hard. I, I will tell you that is actually not true. If I want to find stuff that's hard to find, like Blanton's, can't find it here. Like stuff that's really allocated. Everyone in Kentucky either knows someone who knows someone, or if it happens to get to a liquor barn or a retailer, a lot of people will just sell it to their friends and not even put it on the open market. So I have a better chance, actually, if I drive across the river to Indiana, of finding some of these things in these small liquor stores than I do of places in Kentucky. And that's, I get people from the organization or from other parts of the country messaging me all the time. Because um, I, I go by cocktail underscore Contessa, cocktailcontessa.com is my website. And so I'll have people reach out to me through that and they'll say, I'm coming to Kentucky. Where can I find Blanton's or where can I find Weller? And I'm like, good luck because I can't find it. <laughs> Did you tell? All right. So here's a fun fact, right? And, and um, Heather can attest, right? So you like Blanton's or Weller or any of that stuff. The, the um, distillery each day sells two different expressions at the distillery. And you can buy one bottle of each depending on what they release that day. There is no... Um, nobody knows who's going to release, what's going to be released that day. The people that work in the shop don't know. Nobody knows. It is a mystery until the day it comes out. The only thing that you know that you could probably get every day there is the vodka and the white dog, pretty much. Right? You agree? That's exactly true. I was fortunate enough to be there on the day that I got some Weller. And my girlfriend was with me who does not drink bourbon. And I got a second bottle of Weller. And they have a bracelet. They put, they put a bracelet on you. So they scan your bracelet and you get one and one, whatever, right? So I count, I go, I call my husband, like, I got two bottles of Weller. By the time I got back to DC, he's like, I got one for eleven hundred dollars. We're selling it. I'm like, what? I was like, we're not selling it. He goes, I'm like, it's like Gina pays for the entire trip. And I go, all right, we'll just, I guess we'll sell the Weller. And he's like, you're this upset about that? And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, it's not Eagle Rare. How'd you get eleven hundred dollars? He's like, oh, it's not Eagle Rare. He's like, oh, it's not eleven hundred dollars because yeah. Eagle Rare, yeah, apparently was the week was I was there. It was two weeks before they had limited Eagle Rare go out, and like I was like in tears. I was like, I went two weeks earlier and got a bottle. It's that hard to get whiskey right now. It's just it's crazy, and it's like the market's blown up, and there's only so much. I don't find it hard to believe that you said Neil said I'm going to sell one. That sounds exactly like Neil. Yeah. <laughs> so what is all right? Here, here's a fun question. It's your last day on this planet. What's your last sip going to be? Oh my god. Um. Yes. <laughs> ah. That seems evil, Gina. It is evil, but it's so good because so, like every bourbon person has a feeling and expression, and they have a bourbon for it. Right, I wish I'm sure you do. Right, every motion, every party, everything has a feeling. So I want to know if it's your last sip. That's like the hardest question. That's even harder than what's your favorite whiskey? Because if it's favorite whiskey, I could say, well, let me tell you distillery by distillery. You know what? I let me let me be honest. If it's my last day, as long as it was like a hundred proof or over, and I was sipping it with people I loved, it would be great. Like. I think what's important with whiskey is the people that you share it with and the people that you drink it with. And that's why groups like Bourbon Women are so much fun because you have these relationships with these people who you otherwise wouldn't get to meet that have these radically different life experiences. And you have the most fun, engaging conversations with them because you're both interested in bourbon. So honestly, you know, I have, I don't think any of those bottles I will still have left 
at this, you know, hopefully when I die, I don't think I'll still have those bottles you around. Have more. You're going to have more. But, oh, I hope not. My God, my house is so flammable right now with all the alcohol I have in it. It's not even funny. <laughs> we live in a wood house. And so the other day I was talking about my husband and I'm like, man, if our house catches on fire, we got to run fast because Fast and far. Fast and far. Like you grab the animals, I'll pop the window out. So yeah. Is that is is well? I like how she's so. All the distillery is listening to this. She really did skate around that question. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of the organization, what are some of your goals, like in your membership for 2023? For 2023, we have well, we have a lot in store. Last year. Um, was the first full year of our Bourbon Women Foundation, which is really designed to create and build some professional development programs to advance women in the industry and to really increase the diversity level. When I when I talk to you guys about um, wanting anybody who drinks whiskey in any way they want to be considered a whiskey drinker, to me that opens the door to more diversity in the whiskey industry as consumers. And I think we need to also mirror that in terms of the people who are making it. From from my conversations with people across the industry, it is evident that consumers have a lot more joy and connection with the brand if they can see it being made by people who look like them and people who have the same life experiences as them. And so I think one of the things that the whiskey community and the bourbon community is really doing right now is understanding that getting that kind of diversity into the industry as consumers and as people who are making it is vital because bourbon brings community to it. And when we need to make sure everybody has everybody has a chair at the table, everybody has a place to sit, everybody can see themselves in whiskey. And it's something that our organization is really excited about. Um, just because we know there's a lot of growth and potential there. That's awesome. Everyone should be included. You know what else should be included in this conversation, Gina? How about we get a cocktail? All right, Heather, so I'm completely inspired by you. And this is a cocktail that I have made before. So it's kind of Manhattan-esque. It's not quite the same. And we're gonna do, um, our parts on this is gonna be a little bit unique. So normally, if you were gonna do a Manhattan, we agreed it'd be two parts bourbon of one part vermouth, or you could do half part vermouth and then half part of um, an aperitif or whatever you'd like to do the ratio to mix it up. This is gonna be, um, what we're gonna use today is um, Bardstown, which is a bourbon company. And we're gonna use, it's an um, 100 proof. So we're, and I picked it up when I was in, uh, when I was in Kentucky. So we're gonna use two and a quarter ounces. We're making two cocktails. We're using um, two and a quarter ounces for this cocktail. So it's not exactly the same straight thing and a straight um, ratio that I normally would do. And once you pour the bourbon into the base of your um, stirring glass, we're gonna add a pinch or two pinches, I'm making two cocktails, of flake salt. This is a Maldon salt. And if you notice, well, what's in there, it's dissolving pretty quickly because obviously this is a little bit, um, it's a little overproofed or really underproof because it's not kind of strength, right? So I hate when the people say that it's overproof, right? It's not, it's not quite bottle and bond because it's a little bit um, over that. Then we're gonna add Shinar. And if you haven't used Shinar, it is an artichoke-based liqueur that's made from uh, cacao and uh, artichoke. Shinar is the name of it. And it is from Italy. It is really quite wonderful. There's a million secret ingredients. If you know all the ingredients, 
then you're more amazing than the other companies because nobody knows what they actually are. I personally think it changes year over year. I just got the new bottling of Shinar and it actually tastes a little bit different than I've had before. And it says on there, uh, Shinar 70. So it's um, been quite interesting playing with it now. So we're gonna uh, add our ice. So notice two and three ingredients, salt, bourbon, and Shinar. We're gonna fill up our stirring glass to three quarters full. And we're gonna give this a rotation, right? So if you listen to the designated drinker show, you know that 30 rotations is normal, 45 if you live in a hot hut. And if you're outside, <laughs> please don't make a stirred cocktail. <laughs> Get yourself a blender and make it a frozen Manhattan. Um, sorry. So you have the Shinar in there. There is no reason to add bitters. If you add bitters in there, it's like a lo it's lost. You're never gonna taste it. It's impossible. But what it is gonna do, it's gonna caramelize and bring up that bourbon. And the bourbon is gonna take on some of the new flavors and taste more of the woody tones, which give you those characteristics that you're searching for, the caramel, the vanilla, the cinnamon, you know, whatever flavor um, that you get out of the bourbon. And, and, I, and I always say this, if you're tasting a whiskey or tasting any spirit for that matter, it's unique to you. No one can tell you how you taste things. You taste and experience it yourself. So enjoy it and play with it. And it's a really great recipe. So two and two. So if you don't worry, We'll, we'll, we'll give you the recipe on, on uh, designated drink on show. All right, so it's a little bit warm in here. That was 45 rotations. My arm is tired. I know that, right? Okay, what do I always say? Make sure you chill the glass. Why would you spend all that time chilling a glass, I mean, chilling a drink, and then pour it into a hot, into a hot glass? I need this. Boop, okay. And now we're gonna pour. Delicious. I, I will drink this one, I think, maybe. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Beautiful color. Okay, so here comes the point where you can decide, do I wanna put a cherry in this? Maybe, right? I am definitely more of a fan of the orange. Um, that's why I said it's not quite a Manhattan, it's, it's Manhattan-esque. We're gonna use a, a little orange peel on there and we're gonna just give it um, a little orange kiss, if you will. So one thing that's really lovely in this world is chocolate and oranges, yeah? And if you don't agree with me, then whatever. <laughs> what this orange does, it just really brings out the fact that you have the Shinar in there and that chocolate. So really what happens is that you really do start to um, taste that salted caramel. So cheers, cheers to Heather, and I can't wait to make one of these for you in person someday. And congratulations on your book. Oops, sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. <gasps> I spilled the drink. You can't spill a bourbon. I splashed the drink. Now, is... now you have to throw it over your shoulder. <laughs> no, do, do not that outside. do that. Do not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make it have a heart attack if you do that. Did you, what do you think? Do you taste it? Do you taste the caramel? Oh, it's so good. No, it, I, you know, and I'm not a bourbon drinker. That's not my go-to. And that is really beautiful. I like I love the the caramel, which is crazy. The fact that you said there isn't any, um, you know. I mean, I watched you stood there and watched you make the drink, so I know there isn't. It's really lovely. And you, and this drink, and like here's the thing: this drink is really great on ice too. So if it is hot out, throw it over an ice cube and let it, um, you know, let the water dilution go in there. Again, you're you have a you have a high proof spirit. 
you, know, you can throw, you know, a little bit of water is going to do it a little bit of good. And then, you know, you can always adapt these into large pitcher style, like style drinks. If you're going to have a dinner party or something to start um, to end the evening with. So Gina, how come you used, how come you used flake salt instead of saline solution? Ah, uh, so I, for all right, so saline solution is awesome. I totally love that. And, and especially if you're going to use distilled water with it, right? What I don't like is when you do like saline solution and you use like tap water because there's so much salts in that water already. Yeah. And I did not, and I'll be quite honest with you, I did not have access to distilled water to do that, but I kind of would have done that. But then that's a whole chemistry thing. I feel like for people at home, you're more inclined to take the, um, like the nice Maldon salts and put a couple of flakes in your drink than you are um, to make the saline solution. So this is yeah. more for an at-home, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm with my at-home bartenders. I'm like, let's do this, you know? And I love my industry peeps. Um, and if you do want to get mess around with saline solution, 100%, get yourself distilled water and you do it with that. Don't try to do it with your tap water. I don't care where you live. If you live off of a well, well water is pretty good, but the problem is, is that your salt content is going to be higher because that's how you purify your water. So it's very interesting. But I will say this to all the people that do live off of a well. Don't put any salt in your water because a bourbon in water off of people that live off of a well is always better than any other water. It's so delicious. Like it is just a pure water source. Like as long as you know your water is good to drink. Yeah. We're pretty lucky in, in Louisville actually because so many distilleries are here. The tap water is actually what they use to proof down a lot of the whiskey. So Probably my tap water is fine. I know when I go other places, I can definitely taste the water. And I can definitely yeah. taste the salt that you're talking about. Yeah, it's wild. I will say that I do. I'm telling you, Kentucky's great. I loved, I loved that you went to, when I went there. Um, with, they get their water right out of the, like, like Willett, just for example, gets their water literally from the... Um, not the it's not a creek it's a um 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 a spring. Uh, a spring the spring right outside of the distillery it's it's great you can look at it it's amazing it's beautiful they are very careful with it it's wonderful i think rowan's creek runs into their property as well and like you know you see all these different um names of uh whiskeys and you're like oh where's all this coming from it's coming from a lot of them is coming from there yes i'm sure that Maker's Mark's using, um, you know, tap water. I have no idea. I still love Maker's Mark. This is not against it. I, big fan. My husband has tattoos of Maker's Mark. We love it. <laughs> we're a Maker's Mark family, for sure. Did you go to Maker's Mark when you were here? I did not. I'm not allowed to go there without my husband. He was um, very adamant <laughs> that I could not go there and have a better experience than he has. So um, we, I'm very fortunate to have gone and got treated very well at all the distilleries and um and also for people that are listening to this podcast in louisville i love third street dive bar it's <laughs> the greatest bar <laughs> only second to last call here only second. i love that bar though what a great bar you guys have a great great neighborhood bar there such a good time so um where's our we gotta do our housekeeping where are they going to go get that cocktail? So if you want our recipes or how-tos, you're going to go to designateddrinker.show. If you need a link, how to get to um, Heather and to Bourbon Women, Heather's book. You should get the book. That's a good. That's a great idea. And then I believe that Heather's going to tell you about something that's coming up in the summer. Yeah. What do you have coming up in, uh, we, we'll be, we'll, it'll be all wrong if we miss it. What's coming up with Bourbon Women? Um, so in August, we have our national conference, which is a combination of 
an industry conference, a whiskey conference, a girls weekend, and a family reunion. It is, Ugh. you know, almost, I probably have more than 400 people this year, 400, mostly women, uh, come to Louisville, Kentucky. And we start on Thursday with special excursions and VIP experiences, uh, end up with excursions and fun workshops, keynotes from top speakers in the industry on Friday and on Saturday. And on Sunday, some people aren't finished. And so they, quite frankly, will get up, have breakfast, and go out to some more distillery excursions on Sunday morning. And then scattered throughout the weekend, we have these specialty events like Anna Bourbon House dinners where that are hosted by some of the the big wigs in the bourbon industry, like Peggy No Stevens and Susan Ringler. Um, and we have all kinds of specialty events so that people can really dive deep. It's it's an entire four day uh, four days of bourbon fun. And it is something that I, I've been to every single one. I love it. I'm helping run it now as managing director. And it is so much fun to put together unique workshops and partner with these distilleries. We had 45 sponsors, I think, last year. Wow. Helping make that happen. It's, yeah, it's incredible. The support from the bourbon industry is really, it really speaks to their, um, their support, not just of women, but to expanding their consumer base. Because I think they realize that, you know, women make, do you, do you all know this fact that women make or directly influence, I think, 80% of all consumer spending? Yep, absolutely. As a creative director, it's um, every strategy for any product, service, you name it. It was 90% of one of those, of those creative briefs. It w- Your demographic was, your target audience would be female, it, even uh-huh. if, and especially if it were a man's product. Because yeah. men buy what their wives or their women in their lives tell them to buy. So even, you know, it, it could be, you name it, men's cologne, deodorant, a men's drug, all of them, it's always been um, your your demographic is female, which if you want to talk about diversify, I mean, women make up less than, we're probably at like 4% of all creative directors in the world in your ad agencies. Yeah. So we are, I would have men tell me, women, don't think that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Victoria's yeah. Secret's a good example of that bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And thank you, Taylor Swift, for making it known that he was a man. <laughs> now, will so Taylor really... Swift be at the conference? Well, <laughs> mm, we he... haven't contacted her yet. So if you have connections to her PR agency, well, then maybe. <laughs> I mean, she's the greatest. We really um, we pulled together some top speakers in the industry. We had Marianne Eves come in last year. And we had Jackie Zykin come in. Those of you who are bourbon geeks will know exactly who those two women are. Um, we have authors come in, podcasters come in, like I was telling you guys. So it's it's a really fun weekend because you are sitting at a table and you're talking to a woman and asking her, you know, where she's from. And you find out she's the master distiller of a small craft distillery. And she would just love to host you, you know, if you stop by her distillery. It's it's just, it's unpretentious. It's fun. It is authentic connections. And I will stop talking about it now because I could talk about it for hours. It's so much fun. 
No, that's great. That's I'm, great. I'm loving that. And you got to come. You guys both need to come. <laughs> Absolutely. Before I hand it off to you, I just want to ask one question for our listeners. And you almost, you basically just stated it, but I want everyone to be sure and hear it from you directly that you do not need to be a master or have a great understanding of bourbon. It's merely the curiosity. This is an organization meant for all levels of interest and passion behind for bourbon. Correct? Oh, Absolutely. We have people who just had a glass and thought it sounded like a cool idea come to events. And they're like, I love the bourbon, but I love the women too. It's just a fun group to hang out with. And we have people, we do have people who are master distillers and master blenders who are members and, and longtime supporters. And I think they love as much as we do connecting with the women who are enjoying with their products. Right. Because you want to see yourself in the whiskey that you make and the bourbon that you make. You want to see people like you enjoying it. I think they get as much from coming to the event, whether they're supporting it or speaking or, you know, providing spirits for it as a sponsor. I think they get as much as the women do who get to meet them and interact with them. That's awesome. All right. It's all you. Okay. So, you know, in, uh, in, in modern times, do you like that? I changed <laughs> yeah, it. I like that. You got very serious. In like modern that. times, people identify themselves with all kinds of spirit animals. And you might identify yourself with the great state of Kentucky's cardinal. And you might be like, I am fiercely loyal. I will pack the eyes out of anybody that tries to steal my whiskey. But and if a you big, could, red, bright breast. <laughs> and, well, no, she'd be a female, so she'd have a very, she'd be tan. Only the males are red and showy. Oh, I was thinking the, the robin. Wi- the women, I was thinking of a robin. The women are cute. <laughs> I should shut all up. Right, this anyway. is all you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, on that note, uh, if you can identify yourself with a spirit ingredient, now that could be uh, an ingredient for cocktails or an ingredient for food, but one ingredient that identifies, like that you identify with and like, and w- what does it say about you? So one, so I make sure I understand. You mean one cocktail ingredient or one type of bourbon or? It could be, it could be um, a spe- like your spirit ingredient. Like it could be for food or drink. It doesn't matter. Something that like, just like you, I, you could be like lemon. It's just, it's everything for me. Why do you have to ask such hard questions? <laughs> what is your, what is your last? Okay. So, <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you even dare ask that question, Gina. <laughs> What's the last bite of food before you pass? No, I, I would say, (laughs) so the first thing that came to mind when you said that is an Amaro with really chocolatey tones, because I love chocolate, but I love things that are really bitter. And I always joke that, you know, when I drink a a black Manhattan, that it's dark like my soul, you know? And so so I think one of the the things I love about uh, Amari in general, especially combined with bourbon, is that with something with that much bitterness can really pull out real specific uh, flavor notes from the bourbon that might be hidden otherwise. Um, But I particularly like amari that have chocolate and coffee undertones in them they those are my favorite and if there aren't there if there isn't enough in there you don't really need to but sometimes i'll add coffee or chocolate bitters to it mm. i mean i'm all i'm down for all that i like it good so yours like would it. be lemon what no oh, i'm just throwing it out there uh oh. mine mine today is probably i don't know blood orange has been singing to me lately 
I don't know. Blood orange is where I would go today. Nice. You know, bitter and sweet. Yeah, bitter and sweet. <laughs> and rare. And you can only get them a little, yeah, them a little vibrantly time. red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, on that vibrantly red note, let's close up the show. Ah, cheers. Last call. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Heather. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.